0: Thank you for tuning in to Splat Attack. This episode, we will be having a versus battle between Are You Afraid of the Darks, The Tale of the Dark Music, and Goosebumps' Stay Out of the Basement with special guest, Cortland, from Up All Night Podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe. If you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. One of our goals in 2023 is to continue to grow the reach of this podcast, and these two simple actions will help us achieve that goal. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe to our Patreon. We have bonus episodes, live streams, early access, and more. Go to patreon.com slash splatattack. Now grab your flashlights and let's head into the basement.
1: I raise my voice. I just don't want you down in the basement.
2: Hi, Andy. Won't you come play with me? I was wondering if my husband was there, but I'm a little worried he was supposed to be home hours ago time to pack away our holiday decorations in a place kids fear most. Welcome to Splat Attack, a 90s podcast that dives into our slime filled past. I'm your vengeful paper boy, Brett.
0: And I'm your plant father, Alex. And Brett, what are we doing in our basement today?
2: Well, now that Christmas and New Year's have passed, there's really no reason to keep all these ornaments out any longer. Decorations as well. So, uh, i decide to store all these boxes of lights and Santa tchotchkes down here until next
0: year. Uh, you you might want to consider putting them up in a closet upstairs instead. Oh? Why's that? Uh, because the basements that we're venturing into today are creepy beyond belief.
2: Wait. What's down here that I don't know about? Wouldn't you like to know, E? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was awfully ominous of you <laughs> well we can all agree basements are areas of the house that can be scary right up there with attics there's just something about going down into the ground away from all the activities where things not thought about often dwell including creatures that seek prey in the deepest darkest corners of junk piles So today, in our fourth Are You Afraid of the Dark vs. Goosebumps episode of our podcast, which is the second one on our main timeline, the other two are on Patreon if you want to check those out, Mm -hmm. we will dare to dive deep into the depths of the cold, dark basements to find out which story is the one true Fright Fest, The Tale of the Dark Music, or Stay Out of the Basement. But before we do, let's introduce our guest for today, somebody who has a little bit of experience with both of these stories and is a fan of both Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps as well. Uh, let's unpack this water cooler crate to unveil our guest, actually. It got shipped here straight from uh, downtown, and I'm dying to see what's inside. I think it might be from a uh, United Hospital or, you know, somewhere where the bronze work. Uh, so it shipped <laughs> all the way to Splatac Studios from good old Michigan State is none other than Cortland from Up All Night Podcast. Woo! It's I just me. used my crowbar to unbox you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank thank you all. How are you doing today, Cortland? Do you had did you have enough air in there?
1: I I'm doing good. Yeah, I had a nice a lot of packing. Penis they just hold so much air. I could just you know just suck them out. It's fine. I'm fine. There you go. That's how you survive. Or you know get a right. snorkel that works. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Good, good. Yeah. Just like over, or, you know, just Christmas packages being late. You know, whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you here today. Uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast and uh, what are, yeah. what you've been up to.
1: Well, uh, I gotta say, thanks so much for inviting me over to talk about two fantastic basement style episodes, really good ones you picked for some, uh, Goosebumps versus Are You Afraid of the Dark for sure. Uh, so I do, um, one of the hosts for the Up All Night Horror Anthology podcast, where we've covered every episode of both Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps, except for the last four of Are You Afraid of the Dark, we're gonna get to that later, um, So, yeah, I'm really excited to be able to talk about him. I love talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark in my spare time. And I just don't know anybody else in my life that I can talk with. So I'm glad I get to uh, two additional experts here that I can kind of riff with, you know.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I remember when I first met you, like around 2019, when you're starting Mm -hmm. out your Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. And I think... I don't know if it was actually like right on Phantom Cab when you started, or if I like started to get really engaged with conversations on your podcast through actually dark music. But um, I really appreciate the journey that we kind of shared together in tandem through, yeah. through our Instagram journey. Absolutely. It's been
1: so much fun watching you grow as an artist. I mean, I, I just love your
2: artwork. So it's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, I, love I love that you guys podcasting. started a
1: podcast. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys started a podcast and uh, it's exciting.
2: You made it look too fun, Cortland.
0: Has <laughs> <laughs> that effect on people? Well, since both episodes that we're talking about today are basement-themed, as Cortland had pointed out, what experience do you, the two of you have with basements? Have you ever encountered a creepy basement in your childhood?
2: Mm, good question. Um, so when I think about basements, or at least when I thought about them as a kid, there's one thing that immediately comes to mind. Home Alone. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, there's one particular scene where Kevin McAllister is like going downstairs to do laundry or something like that. And he notices that this weird like furnace thing is like lighting up like glowing red and is talking to him or making all these weird strange noises and it freaks him out to the point where he drops his laundry runs back upstairs. Um, eventually, he does get over it, and he like talks back to the, the furnace monster, and it shuts up. But uh, for some reason, that memory has always stuck with me throughout my childhood. And there were even moments where I- I'm, I'm trying to not get too much into uh, detail, but my dad used to play pranks on me as a kid, and one of the ones involved like him turning off the lights and like racing me to the top, and whoever didn't get to the top first had to stay down there. <laughs> and of course, with my wild imagination, I could only imagine what was lurking down there in the darkness. And, you know, he'd often tease me and say things like, oh, beware of the furnace monster. He's going to get you or, uh, you know, the boogeyman. And, you know, it, the moment my my Doug Calibur imagination just flew off the handle and thought about like red eyes or like uh, an evil smile in the basement grinning at me. I was like, nope, get me out of here. Help, help, help. Open up, open up. And then, of course, you know, after like a couple of seconds, he'd let me out. And then my mom would say, why do you do that to him? You're going to traumatize him for life. And, uh, no, you know, it turns no. out that even even despite those those little <laughs> antics, this is like, both of these are some of my most memorable favorite episodes of each respective show. So uh, I, guess, I guess somehow, trauma can process itself to a point of (laughs) from fear to love when uh you let time sink in and you you allow to rewatch it and analyze what's going on there
1: well i feel that there's two types of basements there's the finished nice basements that are just like an expansion of your home that you you know you can hang out watch tv and stuff like that those are great but there's also the unfinished basements which are pretty much all the basements that I grew up with. So I'm right there with you. I had the creepy basements, Brandon, my, my co-host, he had the creepy basements too. And they're the ones where like, you know, you're just so scared of being down there with like the power going out and you're just like in utter blackness and you're like, well, this is how I die. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Those are the kind of basements (laughs) I grew up with. Um, I didn't have like central air or air conditioning growing up either. And you know, I'm in Michigan, so it doesn't get too, too bad. Like most of the year, but the summers they get really wet you know there's a lot of wetness in the air and stuff and uh so that's where we had like our sega genesis downstairs Mm. because it was cold so we would hang out down there and um i had a couple of older brothers so it wasn't so bad but i do remember you know talking about lights going out we did we were down there one time and the power went out it was just utter blackness and like you know the basement but like you don't know it when it's dark you know so just like clawing your way to get to the stairs is just it's the worst, you know,
2: This <laughs> is the worst. I totally resonate with that. Like just the idea that something black hiding in the darkness could grab your foot any moment and pull you back down. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's something that would linger in your nightmares for a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We actually did talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? I mean, um the tale of the dark music specifically when we had our 30th anniversary reunion last year, DJ mentioned that, uh, one of the inspirations for the tale of the dark music was how like he was at a friend's house one day and, uh, he was curious about like this weird looking door in the, in the back of the unfinished basement. And his Mm -hmm. friend told him, well, you don't want to go in there. And of course it, it got him curious and he wrote a story about it. So the rest is history.
1: I feel like every basement has that too, you know, because like brandon's basement did i still don't even know what could have been in that room and you know it's too late for me to find out now but i just assume it's a monster
2: <laughs> if it's not a root cellar or a crawl space chances are it's a monster who is uh, camped out just waiting to eat children
1: exactly yeah it's got to be
2: <laughs> yeah i just wish they were the friendly type of monster not the demonic kind that we might encounter today
1: i mean hey as long as they give me a bicycle i'm cool with it
2: <laughs> did, did coda turn into the shiny red bicycle for ricky to use
1: oh, he turned into the shiny yellow bicycle oh, i don't know fine. why that bicycle was yellow should have been red but
2: should have whatever <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk more about that when we uh get to the story category spoilers <laughs> spoilers <I'm kidding>. just <laughs> write that under me alex <laughs> alex is there anything you want to add about uh basement memories or what we're talking about
0: well, as – and I had mentioned this before that I was a very, very frightful child as a kid, and uh, the older I got – and I had mentioned this in our previous episode, the uh, our Rugrats Santa Experience episode, that every Christmas I would go to my grandparents and I'd get bored because everybody was older than me, and I'd end up going into the basement. And the basement was one that Cortland had uh, given a very apt description of with the unfinished basement, but it was also where my uncle stayed. His room was in the basement. So you still had the entertainment center and the bed and a a couch off to the side. And there was a a door that would go straight out. So there, there was still a nice clear exit, but behind it was just all storage stuff. There was another wall behind and, um, it was still unfinished you still had the cement all over and the pillars and it still had this really dank cellar feel but as a as a kid i was terrified to go down there Uh, as a teenager i was getting a little more bold and he eventually moved out but most of his stuff was still down there and uh, then he little by little it was gone and then I would just end up bringing my my TV monitor and uh, my PlayStation and would hook it up and play games while I'm down there. And then one year I got a little brave and I tried my first horror based game and I played Fear Effect 2 in the basement, that unfinished basement with just one light on, which was right by me. And uh, anytime there was anything creepy that happened in that game. pause it and i'd look around the room just to make sure <laughs> there's nothing going on and then i'd unpause and play a little more Then i have to pause it again and check everything out it was really eerie playing that in the basement uh what nearly is eerie playing it in my room but uh that that's probably the most frightening encounter uh, experience that i've had in my in any basement uh, nothing happened obviously mm-hmm. it was just it was just an, an eerie setting to play that type of game
2: yeah, I, I think you just unlocked another basement memory for me. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep them behind the vault of my subconscious, but they like to peek out once in a while. Um, so around like I don't know, 2016, 2017, back uh, when my dad was married to his second wife, uh, I would come over and sleep over on occasion because his, uh, her son, her her son, my step brother, I guess, uh, was into video games and stuff like that and I remember one night I decided to like sleep downstairs because I got sick of sleeping on the couch and so I was in their half finished half unfinished basement I was in the finished part but I was in a corner that was like next to the unfinished part where the water boiler was and I was on this like lumpy futon and I don't I don't know what happened that night but I woke up around like two in the morning when the water boiler turned off and I heard some like faint breathing and it was just like it's, it's like if someone was sitting next to you in a corner of the darkness, just going like, <sighs> oh. <sighs> and I'm like, when I heard that, okay, I'm done. I'm sleeping upstairs on the couch again. <laughs> I didn't want to find out what was making that noise. And it, it happened a couple of occasions, not just one. And I never found out what it was, but I did see like a weird shadow uh, near the water boiler then. So... Don't sleep in basements. It's not worth it. <laughs> the back pain on the couch is better. <laughs> <laughs> so before we formally dive into our verses, here's some episode info for all you slimesters so you can keep track of what's what. So for the Tale of the Dark music, this was Season 1 Episode 11 of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was directed by Ron Oliver and written by DJ McHale. And it was also told by Eric of the Midnight Society. It aired October 24th, 1992. As for Stay Out of the Basement, this was also season 1, episode 11, and also episode 12, since it was a two parter. It was directed by William Fruitt and written for TV by Billy Brown and Dan Angel, and aired January 27th, 1996. Of course, the original book was written by R.L. Stein. And it was also one of the few book covers that was not illustrated by Tim Jacobus. Instead, The book cover was illustrated by Jim Theosin, who would also do the book cover for Be Careful What You Wish For, because Tim Jacobus was unavailable at that time to illustrate for R.L. Stein.
0: Brett, what are the categories that you are going to be judging
2: for? Sure, so uh, for these two basement themed episodes today, I will be judging uh, using the following categories. First up, we have story then we have main characters then we have villain third then use of the basement theme for fourth and finally creepiness because i think basements are a little bit creepier than they are scary Um, so i wanted to explore that space a bit all right guys i appreciate the little introduction but i think it's time to put away the boxes and get it on with this versus starting off we will go with Cortland. tell us about the story of the tale of the dark music
1: yeah so i love the stale i ooh, i love the story of the tale of the dark music it has so many layers to it that i think are not in some of the other episodes of both goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark because it has like this aura of mystery like you're not sure exactly where this monster even comes from so the story is Andy is the main character. He he gets a new house. His uncle had passed away, and they inherited this house, but he knew nothing about this uncle. He's never met him before. Just somebody in the family, whatever. Um, so he, he gets into this house and he just can't go into the basement without playing music, apparently. So every time you play music in this basement, the root cellar opens up and there's a monster in there. And um, it wants to eat. It's hungry. <laughs> um, so as the story progresses you know Andy visits this monster a couple of times on accident because he doesn't know what's going on until he figures out oh it's music you know music's what makes what is what makes this monster come out uh he's kind of tormented by a bully because he's a new kid in town and he does this little paper route to help bring in money for his family and uh he ends up luring the bully into the basement and then he starts playing some music and he doesn't stop until it's too late Uh, One of the great things about the story, though, is just kind of the mystery around the uncle, because like the mom is like, oh, you know, my uncle, I don't know much about him. They found him dead at the basement, you know, at the bottom of the stairs. And then she stops talking about that story. So it's got like history to it. You know, I like to imagine like how many people did the uncle lure into the basement? Because obviously he knew about it until the monster was like, all right, you're too old or whatever. I need somebody new, you know, who invited them. own the house was it the monster that sent it out there's just a lot of like really thought-provoking things about the story that can kind of keep you wondering and guessing and i just really like it
2: yeah I, i would agree with you there it's it's really interesting the way it's written where everything that's in the periphery that you can't really see but sense it it just raises more questions so that you can expand the story further if you wanted to like what happened before with uncle niles and his like rise to fame and fortune and then what happens you know, later that I can't really spoil unless you want to go into it for the story. Um, so I I think if, you know, they ever want to do a sequel of this or a prequel, there's a lot of material to work with.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Alex, uh, will you tell us about the story of Stay Out of the Basement, please?
0: Absolutely. Uh, since we are on the topic of story, I do want to point out that there are... Uh, it depends on the story, to be honest, because Are You Afraid of the Dark typically has less story time to tell than Goosebumps does, which at times is a benefit and a detriment on both parties uh, because Are You Afraid of the Dark has got the uh, the bumpers in between of the, the, the Midnight Society and then the actual tale that they're telling. Goosebumps doesn't have that. Uh, it just goes right into the story. And um, there's only one episode, that, or one tale that takes two parts in Are You Afraid of the Dark, Uh, there is quite a few two-parters for Goosebumps, and uh, this is one of those instances. And I will say that I think this pairing of these two episodes is very, very good, uh, because Mm -hmm. the, the shorter format works really, really well for Tale of the Dark music, and the longer format for Stay Out of the Basement also really helps. So... I just find that really interesting, and it's, it's usually a good thing to point out whenever you have a weaker episode, clearly a weaker episode in storytelling, but this one, they're, they're both very solid. But um, this uh, episode, the uh, Stay Out of the Basement, Uh, You have your main characters, which is a brother-sister duo, uh, which we'll get into later, but uh, mom is leaving. She's got to go check on an aunt who is not doing well. She's in the hospital, so she's going to go out, take care of that. So the kids are left alone with dad, and uh, Margaret is not too happy about this uh, because dad has changed. Uh, He's not as pleasant and as alert and as attentive as he used to be uh even remarks that he had stopped calling her princess but uh he's so enwrapped into whatever his work is that he's doing down in the basement and for the, the majority of both of these episodes there have been one reason after another that these two kids have had to go down into the basement and I will also say, well, I'll get to that when we get to main, main characters. I don't want to do that just yet. But there is uh, quite a few reasons that they have to go into this basement. And every time they do, it is like a greenhouse, essentially. It's There's plants everywhere, which is why, for this reason, uh, for those of you who are listening, my background is uh, the uh, an episode of Batman the Animated Series with Poison Ivy. Uh, one, because Kevin Conroy rest in peace and two poison ivy i think she's an extremely underrated character especially for the animated series anyway uh but uh this episode the main story for it is uh the dad is becoming more and more angry as the story progresses and the uh kids are becoming more and more defensive and more desperate and it almost seems like it it, it teeters on being an abusive father uh, and then it turns into uh, being afraid for your life because dad is really being extremely aggressive and even at one point they feel that he has murdered somebody uh, who came in to check on him and check on his work and the plants are also attacking these kids uh, that they, they reach for them whenever they're in the basement uh, when they're outside there's a plant that reaches outside and wraps around the little brother and uh they have remarked that it feels like the plants are breathing. You can hear them breathing. And uh, eventually what turns out to happen was that the, he was doing some genetic slicing and was trying to take some of the best attributes of certain plants and combine them to make the perfect plant. But what he ended up doing was making a clone in some form where it was a plant-based clone of himself and uh the daughter ended up having to confront which one is the plant and which one is the real person. And uh it, it seemed like even then even the human had been infected by the plant. So they're still both very, very similar and they both could be defeated in the same way. But uh again we'll we'll get to that a little more. But the main thing is the that dad was doing some genetic slicing of plants and the plants have come alive and the kids are in definite mortal danger
2: cool i'm kind of curious uh, alex have you read the the sale the basement goosebumps book before
0: i have not i i've not read any of the. no i've read one i've read one goosebumps book and it was with sam that, that ah. was his that was his bedtime stories whenever he first started learning to read
2: I want to do point out for anyone who likes both the TV show and the books themselves, I, I did read this in preparation for it in case we needed to use it for anything, for arguments. And um, I did note some differences between the story and the TV show. N- nothing too major, but uh, I do want to point it out that there is a third character called Diane, who's like their friend with Margaret and Casey. She's kind of a throwaway character who just kind of antagonizes uh, other characters here and there. So I don't see you know, the point of really adding her into the, the TV show. It didn't really take away from anything. Uh, but the other couple of things that I noticed <clears throat> with uh, the story is how uh, violent and graphic uh, some of the details were near the climax, uh, particularly when Dr. Brewer was explaining his experiment. He said he wasn't using the DNA to create the perfect plant. He was actually doing plant-animal hybrids. And um, when he when he cut himself on a slide, he he like started oozing green ooze, like like chlorophyll or something to that extent, uh, instead of just blood. And it got to the point where, when they had the final face-off between the two, the two Dr. Brewers, like one of the real ones in, in the plant copy, um, one of them had an axe in their hand and was like threatening to chop the other one up and they you know, them and the kids were trying to figure out what's what's going on here until finally um, Margaret, you know, did the test to see who who's the real dad, not just by seeing which one called her princess, but also actually going as far as to like prick the other one, like stab him with like a little knife to see what color they bled. And as soon as she found out, you know, her real dad bled red blood instead of green. She literally like took an axe and We can rule the world. Tama hawked the the fake one right in half and then he split apart. And that's really graphic for a kid's kid's um book, <laughs> especially back in nineteen ninety two. Like I, I don't know how you feel about Goosebumps books like the original sixty two or even more modern iterations, but the the like first thirteen of them, they're just like they're really dark, and I I didn't know how I missed that when I first read it as a kid. So if anyone wants to read more into that, obviously go get the book. It's it's pretty fun, um, but I, that threw me for a loop when I first read it.
0: That's that sounds awesome. That that also very much reminds me of Wizard of Oz. Because Wizard oh, of yeah. Oz. Oh is- yeah wizard of oz is incredibly graphic my my son had fallen in love with the judy garland movie and we got the we had the novel and he wanted us to sit down and every night we'd read a chapter and some (laughs) imagining the tin man just going to town killing dozens of animals with that goofy
2: doofus grin (laughs) he's just sitting
1: there whacking stuff with axes
2: (laughs) who needs to chop wood when you can chop bodies if I only had a heart. <laughs> it's a Tin Man way of life. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not, a, we're not a classic literature podcast, so we won't be covering that anytime soon unless you want to pay for it on Patreon. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I think I've heard enough about both. Um, but before I move on to the next category, I'm curious, how would you make the story better? Like what element would you would use or plot point to enhance the story as it is now?
1: Well, I I think that dark music is a pretty tight episode, which is what makes it so good. There's not a lot of uh, unnecessary moments in it, I think, because you get the you get the scenes with the bully. You know, you get that kind of relationship with the main character. You get the relationship between him and his little sister and his mom. And you get enough of the monster to be exciting because you see him in a couple of different forms, which is really cool. There's not anything that I think I could take away from the episode to make it better. Um, I like that there's that mystery of of the uncle, you know. So I, I don't think there's really anything I'd want to add to it. Uh, it's got Vink's hand in it, so I think it's perfect.
2: Actually, I have it right here. I, oh, damn green screen. I damn thee. I found it while I was searching the basement in this verse. <laughs> <laughs> slimesters if anyone's curious where i got this from i had a friend who did um sardo's magic mansion on instagram and he made like are you for the dark replicas so uh if you're interested in that sort of thing and he's still operational definitely check him out i also got things like the carved stone from him those are so cool the the twisted claw you know Zebos nose a lot of fun stuff super specs highly recommend it um but that's side tangents um Alex, do you feel anything could be changed or added to enhance your story?
0: To piggyback on Brett, uh, that Instagram is sardoz underscore magic mansion. And he is still on Instagram and has got some great, great stuff. So go Share the love, show some support. Um, much like Cortland, I think it's a very, very solid two-part episode. I actually think it's one of the better ones. Um, there's very little, if anything, that I would really do differently. Uh, the only thing that I would probably do different. Just because I think pacing wise, it would really punch up the climax is if we did less of the amount of times the uh, brother and sister had had to go in the basement, maybe maybe take one of those out and substitute it with right after they had got the answering machine and they heard the wife of the doctor calling in wanting to know where he is he's supposed to be home hours ago and then they tried then dad walks in or starts to get into the house and then they're they're scurrying i would have liked it a little better if dad was already in the room and had overheard that they now know this has happened and now they have to run for their lives and goes into the climax. And you can flesh it out a little more with them in the basement and the different plants trying to attack. And with her finger having been pricked earlier.
1: What happened to your finger? I pricked it on one of the thorns.
0: There could also be a clone version of her that is beginning mm. uh, to make to, just to give a little more danger at the end. Uh punch it up just a little more, but uh, as is, I think it's fantastic.
2: Cool. Well, thank you for uh sharing your thoughts on that. Let's move on to main characters of each of these stories. Cortlands.
1: So the main character of the Tale of La- Oh, I'm so the, the, the Tale of the Dark, the Dark Music <laughs> cuz I showed you that Zemo knows. <laughs> nope, I had it on my mind. Uh, the main character of the Tale of the Dark Music is Andy and he's kind of like he's he's very relatable to a lot of kids i'm sure like moving into a new area having to help support the family by getting a paper route being scared of the basement like it's it's kind of like a lot of kids you know so it's very relatable character um i like him he's a quick thinker you know he um has his bully bully gets the upper hand for a minute but he kind of gets the last laugh in the end uh of their relationship and things he's got that sister that he has to deal with <laughs> you know so you're just kind of there along the way with andy and i do like that i mean can i compare contrast a little bit to um stay out of the basement
2: yeah if you want to
1: like not having to share the spotlight is kind of in favor for this episode i think i think it works really well to have just a solitary main character that you can more so relate with um he's cool i like him he's crafty uh he gets stuff done he does the laundry every other scene he he's great i bet he's great with uh washing whites by now <laughs> he, he the only problem is he puts tarps in the laundry i don't know what he's doing there but like you know and his art not gonna lie his art's not very
2: good <laughs> no i'm glad you pointed both of these things out because i connect with both of them equally like my dad's you know a builder architect so when I was a kid I had the hose off tarps in the backyard and then fold them after they air dried if I tried to put like that into a washing machine it would blow up <laughs> yeah. and create like a, a you know like one of those comical cartoon explosion spurts on the wall <laughs> And uh, as for drawing goes, he's just using like basic Crayola marker. You got if you're really scared of something, you really got to get into the detail and ramp up the gruesomeness, mm-hmm. um, shading, blending, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Instagram
1: worthy. <laughs> right. right, yeah. His drawing was a bit uh, elementary.
2: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I did put main characters with an S for these categories because I want to explore some of the other ones, not just like the focal character. Sure. Of these tales, so feel free to elaborate on you know anyone like the mom or the bully or anyone else you feel is worth mentioning. Uh, that's pivotal to the story. Both of Andy's,
1: you, Andy's kind of got it weird because he's got the bully Coda who kind of torments him throughout the episode, but he also has a sister Christine who also kind of torments him through the episode. So poor Andy, he's just got it bad both ways, you know. Um, Christine is she's something else you know i I just love the scene where she's sitting there playing video games and the mom's like hey can you do the laundry even though andy just did it five minutes ago and she's like no i'm playing video games you know she's having a good time chris go down and put the clothes in the laundry for me okay
2: christina mom i'm busy (sighs)
1: And uh, so
2: I guess Andy has to do it. <laughs> He's sitting there That's drawing, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. If I did that with my parents, I'd get a spanking and sent to my room, and then yeah, have right. to do the laundry later. But that was the '90s, and <laughs> parents were more aggressive with their you get a spanking actions. and
1: push down the basement stairs.
2: <laughs> yeah, I find it really strange how how everyone's really ganging up on Andy in this episode. It's it's almost mm-hmm. like you need to root for him as the underdog so that he can get, you know, a, a little bit ahead in life because you got you got Coda, who's kind of like Roger Clot's light, picking yeah. on him, and then you have Christina, uh, who's actually the lonely ghost in the tale of the lonely ghost, as we find out, uh, just kind of doing her thing in the corner. And then um, you have the mom who's just in la doll da land ignoring everything that Andy's telling her about. The danger downstairs and she's like oh there's no monster in the basement maybe it's a rat you know rats don't talk but maybe maybe this one does because we're in canada <laughs> it's interesting but uh i think andy is his own best friend here because he has to make the decision to stand up for his right to not be picked on or ignored and fight fire with fire and use something he's afraid of to his advantage and sure. i really appreciate his ability to um I guess, harness the power of the door by the end of the episode.
1: Right. Cause he doesn't have like a best friend that he can fall back on. He doesn't have any family members that are really like supporting of him. It's just yeah. Andy, you know,
2: when you put yourself into his shoes, you can, you can relate and you can sympathize with the challenges he's facing. Mm-hmm. Alex, how about you? Tell us about your uh, main characters.
0: Uh, both. Uh, it is a brother sister duo. It is Margaret and Casey. And um, goosebumps has had its fair share of siblings, and usually one is got the pretty cool level head, and the other one is just annoying to a nauseating degree. This is not that episode. This is not that pair. They're actually both pretty rational. Uh, the Margaret is the older of the two, and Casey is the much more laid back. No, everything's okay. He he's. He's the one who kind to seemed to be the uh, um, molder of the situation. Like, no, I don't, I, I, it can't be that. Dad can't be doing this kind of a thing. And then she's more the Scully, like, no, the th- dad is doing something crazy, and th- this isn't dad's a mad scientist. And um, throughout the entire episode, mom, like I said, is gone, so it's very much just the two of them with this. It, which we find out later to be an imposter dad, and they don't know what's going on. And every time they go in the basement, it's for a legitimate reason, uh, which I think is a really good thing for uh, stories like this, because Goosebumps, sometimes the reason's rational, and sometimes it's just dumb. Uh, some of the excuses they give, but or, or they're incredibly cliched things this one not so much it was mom is leaving go get dad and they are at the top of the stairs calling down to dad and he's not coming up so they start to go down and dad freaks out and uh, then later they walk past and they hear this really weird noises from downstairs and and the sister margaret she's beginning to wonder Sister Margaret, she's a nun. Uh, she's beginning <laughs> she's beginning to wonder if, if there's animals that are being harmed downstairs. And that would trouble any child, uh, especially one who has a heart for uh, people and animals the way that she seems to do. So, gotta make sure that they're okay. And then after that, they come back upstairs and crap he dropped his jacket he left his his or not his jacket his shirt and which was a reason for that because when they got down there it was so hot because it's a greenhouse it's very very hot so he just takes it off and then got distracted by everything that's going on. He he dropped it and then they get back upstairs and he realized, oh crap, my, my shirt's downstairs. Dad's gonna realize that we've been down there. So he's gotta go back down there again. And it's it's reasons like that logical reasoning that a kid would have, which I thought was great. Uh, the only thing that I thought was probably the most illogical thing was when uh, Margaret was trying to rewind the cassette tape on the answering machine. Like it's fine, leave it alone. <laughs> dad is going to check it later. You didn't check it. You just heard the recording, and then he came, came, then you heard the door. Run away. You're mm-hmm. you're fine. Dad won't notice that you've been in there. Uh, that was probably the biggest lead. But again, that's a kid, and the kid is panicking. So okay, I can I can forgive that one. But uh, they both look out for each other. They both are trying to give dad the. Uh, a reasonable doubt as to why he's behaving the way that he is. Uh, the way that she figures out that this one is dad and this one isn't is a really logical step for a child. Um, they're both very strong uh, protagonists. Uh, they work well together. Even then, they're playing. Uh, you see them playing at one point. Well, Casey is playing video games. Margaret is just off to the side wondering why dad hasn't eaten breakfast yet but i get the sense that if dad had she'd be playing with him um it's a refreshing thing to see a brother and sister who get along as well as they do especially in a horror anthology kids show but um, very strong very smart very reasonable kids especially in a very unusual situation like the one they're faced with
2: yeah I find it very interesting how both sets kind of mirror each other in some ways, like with the the lesser important one playing video games and the other one like really into the activeness of the of the plot moving forward. Um, do you feel that the adults complement the the kid characters well in each of your tales, or do you feel that they're they create some unnecessary friction that kind of get in the way of their development?
1: uh while I, I don't think that the mom in the tale of the dark music is really pivotal to the story um i think that they probably could have done it without her mm-hmm. she just kind of creates unnecessary you
2: know uh dirtiness for andy to clean up really so so would you say andy's reasons to go into the basement are are, are more or less contrived than uh Mar- margaret and casey's reasons
1: i think margaret and casey's reasons are much more more important
2: okay yeah uh, i
0: i agree um the both the reasons for what both the parents have done makes sense uh mom is gone because a family member was just injured and then she's not come back and then even when she, uh, uh, margaret calls later to say dad's acting really weird nothing really bad has happened yet it's just a little shady things and dad has a reputation of getting a little too varied into his work so you know how he gets which Okay, that's fine, but it goes way off the deep end later and before she even gets the chance to call mom again, dad has now hidden the phone number of how best to reach him. because again this is the 90s they didn't really have cell phones you had to have a phone number of the hospital that she's going to go visit and that that number is gone and you don't know where it's at, Uh, which now the call the police, Uh, especially now that there's somebody who's potentially dead in your house call the police which again uh, going with that uh, if dad had been in there could have held a wire and you know cut the line to the phone hi is there a problem
1: with your service yeah my cable is out really
2: all right well that's a pretty good summary of our main characters so let's move on to the villain or villains depending on how you look at it for each of these tales Courtlands, tell us about the villain of the Tale of the Dark Music or villains, if you find more than one. Sure. Yeah. So the villain of the Tale of the Dark Music,
1: there's a couple of them. I mean, you got Coda, who is kind of just the bully. You know, you don't like him. He torments our main character, Andy. But um, there's also this whole, you know, monster in the basement. It's not really named or anything. I guess you could just kind of sum it up as like a boogeyman. Um, It's kind of like a shapeshifter. So um, this monster... It Only comes out when there's music playing in the basement, so it kind of has specific guidelines to be summoned, I suppose. Whereas Coda, you know, he's a, whatever, he can just come out come and go as he pleases. Um, but the monster, the cool thing about him is that he, he does shape shift. I'm a sucker for shape shifting monsters, I think they're awesome, I think they can be just so creative and fun. And this episode kind of goes that way. Uh, not only do you have like the red glowing eyes, which I guess is its real form, but you have You know my background the doll and this is probably in my opinion one of the creepiest things that are you afraid of the dark has produced hi andy won't you come play with me we can have lots of fun just come with me me. uh and then also kind of creates like a carnival barker (laughs) I don't know. I, I, kids love carnivals, I guess. I don't know.
0: What's the matter, Andy? Don't want to have some
1: fun? <laughs> uh, so you get like a couple of different forms of the monster, which I think is really interesting, really fun. I'd love to see what else it could be and what it can do, but that just kind of leaves it up to your own imagination, which is just cool with me, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think a, a lot of earlier Arya for the Dark Tales in particular rely on the less is more approach. Where they don't necessarily give you the villain or the the thing to be scared of outright, but it kind of teases you with little hints of it. Like for example, you know Zebo behind the corner, and you see the hint of his cigar smoker, like his footprint in the in the pudding when he's trying to creep into Josh's house, or like in the case of the dark music, you know we see his eyes, but we don't really see what's around those eyes. We could only speculate what his true form is. Um, I did come across. Some fan art that I saw on the internet. I don't. If, if I find it, I'll put a picture here. But um, I, I saw someone's really interesting interpretation that unlocked a memory for me, where we see Andy kind of like pushing back in fear, trying to block the what I dubbed the cellar door demon, um, and it turns out to be this really strange looking crocodile with red BDA like a crocodile style monster with just a big long snout and jaws and the reason why I bring that up is it reminds me of around the time when I had that basement uh, memory when I was a kid I was in third grade and I got first place in the art contest for drawing a demonic looking crocodile um with beady red eyes and of course after i got the award i went to the principal office and they asked me well why did you draw this is there something going on at home and i'm like no i was just drawing something that could be really cool and original looking and i'm like yeah let's let's take an animal and throw like creepy things on them, like let's give it horns and some like drool and maybe some blood on it and red eyes, and they thought I was demented, but...
0: He's
1: evil! That's a wicked mind. Look what he did in art class. Skeletons. Headless corpses. Monsters devouring human flesh.
2: After my mom explained to them that I'm just a very imaginative kid, they they let me off the hook. So <laughs> I, I like to believe that his true form is this just like giant, creepy-looking crocodile that likes to chomp on kids when he's had enough with his shape-shifting. Um, but one other theory as well, um, you, you might have seen it in uh, the pictures I've shown you, either Alex or Cortland, is that uh, he looks very similar to the main villain of this PS1 game that came out at the end of the 90s called Heart of Darkness. And there's like this master of darkness that's trying to um, unleash a bunch of dark-looking Kingdom Hearts like Heartless into the world to corrupt it and the main character funny thing is also named Andy that he he goes into this other world with his like homemade spaceship from his treehouse, and he has to fight them off in the style of a side-scrolling point-and-click adventure game similar to like uh another world uh or like you know the neverhood and I, I it really got the gears turning in my head to think hmm, if if this guy had like a human form it would look something like this with the red eyes and the the pointy, black horns and like the dark robes. so i I guess my my roundabout way of saying it is i really appreciate the monster's ambiguity because it really takes you to uh interesting places to theorize what could happen and that's that's part of the charm of your story cortland
1: i was just gonna say um i know you did the are you afraid of the darks versus goosebumps artwork with um another artist on instagram and if i remember right he was he did the one for dark music right
2: yeah i actually have the art here so we can pull up for all you slimesters i drew the stay of the basement version and joe blastered um drew the dark music one
1: yeah i remember seeing his dark music one and just really enjoying it because it kind of goes beyond you know it gets that form of imagination that i was talking about where you you don't get to see everything that the demon can be but you know his interpretation he's got like an insect leg he's got like the octopus tentacle like those are possibilities and i love that he kind of explored that part of it too
2: i agree yeah it was a is a great collaboration uh, and i'm very thankful that it happened so uh alex tell us about your villain or villains of stay out of the basements
0: well stay out of the basement the main villain is the father or uh plant father um the motivation for why he does what he does is a bit unclear uh it is said uh dominance but uh if you think about it in a way i mean it's it's the first of its kind and it's probably needing survival and uh very much a um invasion of the body snatchers type scenario i would imagine uh but the uh the way he, he goes about pulling this off just leave me alone leave me to my work uh, he wants to draw as little attention to himself as possible mostly because he's just in the basement working constantly and then he wants to make sure that it, his the, his fake kids are unaware of what's going on so he's trying to be consoling and you know, once they're asking questions like no it's okay I, this, I love you stay out of the basement please and uh, after they've again started to question a little more he tries to put them at ease so they'll leave them alone if i explained a little bit of what i'm doing would that make you feel better yes it would so he attempts to alleviate some of their fears which just brings about more questions that he doesn't want to answer so it doesn't really help but again he's a plant uh and uh the uh he's got a a bed full of bugs that he eats he's eating plant food and uh He's not... He is less threatening to them. It is more the plants in the basement that are more a threat to the kids. But uh, for the most part, it's just he's being incredibly vague and very repetitive. And um, at a few points, uh, especially near the end, he's like, go to your rooms. Why? Do I have to repeat myself? Go back to your room and stay there. Which, as a father, I'm thinking that is not going to fly for kids. But whenever I was a kid, and I was a kid in the 90s, my dad told me that, I'm doing what he says. Uh, It's it's a testament to how things have changed, because back in the 90s, yeah, dad has spoken. I'm gone. I will go to my room and I will stay there till dad says it's okay. But uh, as now, it's Sam, go to your room. Why? Do I have to explain why? Yeah. (laughs) I will tell you in a few minutes after I've cooled off, go upstairs. Okay. And I, I, I've i got to, the parenting now is very, very different. Or I should say my parenting and my dad's parenting is very different. Mm. Um, not to say that either one is better. But um, uh, I know that the frustrations that I had as a kid, and and, and I don't want my son to have those. Mm-hmm. But that, that seems to be the older way of you know fathering it seems to be in the 90s was yeah, I, my my word is gold what i have said is going to take place go to your room stay out of my room stay out of the basement do what i tell you uh, uh go go upstairs go play shoot leave me alone uh and that seems to be it uh the, the villain what he is doing in the basement is probably the more villainous thing and uh the fact that he's attempting to kill another character uh, by turning them into a plant, and uh, also has their real father and attempting to kill him. A lot of the more heinous things he's doing is off-screen. But what he's doing to the kids is just, get out of the way. Leave me alone. I I don't want any more attention drawn to me. Shoo. And that's pretty much the, the main villain.
2: Yeah, it's almost like he's biding his time until you know his experiment is ripe for uh being sentient and acting on its own because near the end we do see more um development with the with the plant creatures it starts out with like maybe some vines or a tendril getting stuck on casey and then it you know shows up uh, a hand starts showing up that grabs him
0: i will also point out something Uh, now again i haven't read in the book uh all I've read all I've, all I've read is the subtitles of the movie uh all I've seen is the the episode but um there was one thing I remember very very clearly this is one of the episodes I remembered very well as a kid and um goosebumps I, I had said this before in our previous verses goosebumps never scared me are you afraid of the dark terrified me I had never seen this episode of are you afraid of the dark as a kid it's probably a good thing uh this one i did see and this was one of the very few goosebumps episodes that really unnerved me because this idea that i'm alone with dad and dad is a villain and dad is trying to make these sentient creatures and it could affect me and i am in danger and i don't know what to do is really unsettling and no telling what all is in the basement and every single time i go down there for a logical reason dad's not listening to me i'm trying to explain well i had to go down there because of this and i'm still getting in trouble and i hate those instances we all hate those instances when we've getting in trouble for something that you know we we shouldn't have been put into in the first place we're 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 victims of this mm-hmm. but uh, at the very end uh, we do see a version of their fa- of their dad with when the hat is off and you see plants that have taken over and uh, there's some on his arm, there's some on the back of his neck and he's eating plants or eating plant food. And uh, it's never clear which version of the dad it is that they're seeing. Is it the, the dad who's working on it or is it the plant that is uh, per, uh, po- posing as the dad? Um, at what point do they switch? Has it already switched? before the episode or has it switched somewhere in the middle of the episode it's never clear as to which one but at the end i remember very very clearly that twist where he it she's got that weed killer the the plant killer and both dads are facing you know i'm your father no i'm your father blah 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 back and forth back and forth and then one calls her princess and he she kills the other one And uh, again, the DNA has slowly taken over the other one as well, the the actual father. So at the end, you think everything's okay. And she starts to go in the house and there's a bed of plants and they're talking to her, going, I'm your dad, I'm your real dad, I'm your real dad that terrified me as a kid because I thought, oh crap, you just killed your real dad, which I think was the plot twist that they were supposed to be going for. But as an adult, I'm thinking, That could also still be the villain that she could have actually killed the villain and but the villains not dead and the villain is still somewhat sentient and he's not gone, he could still torment her and trick her into thinking that it really is the dad i mean you could do a part two of this or a part three where she finds a way that oh i made a terrible mistake and ends up bringing him back and it be the villain again Ooh. so it's never really clear that that is the villain or the the dad that she destroyed
2: yeah, that ending always never sat well with me because I'm like, wait a minute, why you why are you throwing this monkey wrench into here when I thought everything was wrapped up in a bow and they shipped all the plants off to like the university? Now we're now we're dealing with talking flowers that remind me of those like sniffing flowers and Hook that like sniff John Williams' crotch. I don't need that in my goosebumps right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, whew, that that's something that I think. You're going to talk about more in the final category, but that's something that I feel this Goosebumps episode does really well compared to most other two-parters, uh, save for like Haunted Mask. Is that there's just a constant stream of unnerving uncertainty that leaves you on the edge of your seat when you're watching this, not knowing what's going to happen to Margaret and Casey because Dad's being so secretive and he could be just having a hidden agenda to keep them, you know, kind of at bay but we don't really know what he's doing with the experiment. So there's a lot of variables that we're trying to figure out, but don't actually get resolved by the end, which just leaves this episode lingering with us longer after the credits are rolling. And I think both of these episodes do both of that pretty well, but uh, we'll address that more later. Um, there was a question I wanted to say to Cortland. Oh, yes. Uh, how do you how do you feel about the ending of Stay Out of the Basement? Like. Um, I know it draws similarities, at least in my head, to the ending of the Tale of Chameleons in Are Fray of the Dark. So I'm wondering if like one does that kind of doppelganger thing better than the other, in your opinion?
1: Well, I gotta say I think Tale of the Chameleons is darker because like that's pretty clear, like the Chameleons just one, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, T is in the, the well. <laughs> uh but Stand of the Basement, you know, when i watched it because i i gotta say i've seen it once i didn't go back and watch it yet again um i probably will eventually but um no i guess I, that's a lie i've seen it twice now but um i just thought the the talking flowers was stupid <laughs> I, don't know. I just like it happened and i was just like is this necessary like it didn't really it didn't really leave me thinking like oh the villain's there or maybe she killed her dad and her dad's like you know plant stuff like i just thought it was dumb and uh, that's just me um
2: stupid is stupid does sir
1: just didn't really that's coming off of like um you know welcome to camp nightmare where it was so many twists and i'm just like is this what we're really going to be watching like all these unnecessary twists and stuff what a twist but like i mean when you're when alex is talking about it like i get it you know it's not something that i really thought of because i just seen it for face value and i was just like mm. god she's gonna be so annoyed if all these plants are just gonna talk to her all day you know
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> maybe i should go to therapy with the plants <laughs> I, don't know.
1: I mean i would love to talk about the dad some more because i definitely have some thoughts on that
0: oh you're good good
1: my biggest beef with stay out of the basement is the dad who i think also makes the episode i think he's a really great actor. He does a really great job he is menacing like he is scary and i fully agree like i think this is one of the creepier episodes of goosebumps because goosebumps really is lighter i think it's a really excellent uh first step in a horror for kids are you afraid of the dark is probably like a, a short second step for everybody um the dad really bothers me and the thing is is that he is so menacing to these children, his children. his as far as the kids know because they don't know that the the dad is a plant monster and just the fear in their eyes when the dad is anywhere near them like that's not something that's new like that is the dad's personality like they were scared of him before he ever started being a monster and i think that could be a terrible thing to resonate with some kids in their family lives and that's what really like i saw that and i was just like this is bad you know and it just didn't sit well with me (laughs) because of that
2: no, I was gonna say that's an understandable concern. Yeah, you never want to see your dad as a monster because of uh, how they how they interact with you. Whether it's for disciplinary measures or you know maybe just witnessing them flying off the handle in an argument with someone else, you want to be they more often than not. You want them to be someone that's your role model at least until you're through adolescence, so that you can learn and grow through their experiences that you may not necessarily have to repeat. Um, so I'm I'm with you there that the dad is borderline abusive and it's not a kind of dad I want to have, uh, but I can understand why he's that way to move the plot along and, you know, keep his operation under wraps until he can't anymore.
0: And they also they also did say that dad is changing. So this plant dad could have changed pre-episode. You're
1: right, you're right. It's just like when I see those kind of like the, the just the fear and, and great acting on Margaret's character. Uh just the fear that she sees in her eyes. Anytime the dad is like near her in KC, it's just like that level is like something that is long just chiseled into them, you know, like this is behavior that is not good. And I can see that resonating with kids that are watching this that it might not be in great homes and be like, Oh, that's how my dad treats me too, you know. That's just my feelings on it. Um but, you know, I, I do appreciate them saying, like, oh, dad's changing. And they do kind of, like, redeem themselves a little bit later on when he calls her princess. And she's like, oh, it's my dad again. I love him. You know, so, like, I feel like he can change and grow and be a better person. Yeah. <laughs> grow. <laughs> That's what he's been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I will say, too, you know, talking about dad again, um, this change from the dad being, like, the plant dad, you know, the, the swap it must not have been that long ago because in the story he still has dad just chilling in the basement as a captive. He's not like, you know, a skeleton on the ground or anything. So like the timeline of things, it's not that long. So again, like that fear of dad has been instilled at them from, for a long time.
2: No, totally understandable.
1: Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like so scared that you have to sit there and be like, Oh God, I have to rewind the tape or else dad is going to beat me. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, these kids yeah. have been living in a
2: really uh, abusive relationship for a long time <laughs> yeah definitely would not want to be there okay moving on uh, I, I think All right. um, sorry I didn't mean to go there it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. I mean it's, it's expected with the subject matter um, so is there any final thoughts you have on the villains before we move to use of the basement theme
1: nope I think they're both good both spooky both menacing I like them
2: cool Alrighty, so we're moving on to our fourth category, the use of the basement theme, whether that's actually taking place in a basement or involving the things that are inside the basement to you know tie up the story in a bow. Cortland, start. Yeah.
1: So I thought a little bit about this this kind of category for it. Honestly, the tale of the dark music, the basement is kind of the focal point of the episode. It's where all the action happens, it's where the monster dwells. You don't really see a lot of the basement, though. You know he does laundry like i said like six times or whatever in the episode so you see the laundry part of the basement and then you see the root cellar and i i I know they do like a um stairs down into the basement which is actually how my basement was when i was growing up so i can kind of relate to that part of it but there's not a lot of basement you know it doesn't really focus a lot on everything else it's just kind of the root cellar door
2: yeah. I think there, when we first go down there, we see like a quick pan of what's there, but even so it's hard it's all to really jumped. pick out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: there's there's a hand in there, that's all I know. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I don't know how they got all that stuff in the basement or if it's just all their uncle's crap that he, well, I guess he doesn't know he's dead. So <laughs> he didn't move any of it out. They were just like, eh, keep the rest of the basement stuff. The next family can deal with it. Having a estate sale, you know,
2: they can deal with the <laughs> cellar door demon. 35! It is divina. 50. I have $50,000. Your
1: turn, ecstasy. 50,000 going once. 50,000 going twice.
2: Uh, Alex, tell us about the use of the basement theme and how it applies to stay out of the basement, <laughs> other than the title. <laughs> uh, so, a bit of a
0: side tangent, I in a way became that father on, on this episode because we had uh, in the home we had before, the, on our very first Splat Attack episode uh, and second one, uh, I had my, uh, a man cave in our old home. And that. when Sam was really, really small, he'd want to go down there. And I had a, a Mario Brothers shrine, this bookcase full of just a bunch of trinkets and toys and things. And he wasn't allowed to play with them. And he would go down there. He the only told me he was allowed to go down in the basement was with. I was there with him so I could make sure that he wasn't messing with things he wasn't supposed to. Every once in a while, I'd hear that door open and then I'd turn around and yell, Stay out of the basement! <laughs> <That'll> jump. <laughs> yeah, jump. Yeah, but I also remember doing a lot of projects in the in the basement as well, making a lot of props and toys for, for kids at church and uh, different games and things. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because that's pretty much what was happening in this episode. Uh, we don't really see the basement because the basement is a jungle. Uh, he this became his project, this became his big experiment, and it quite literally outgrew its environment to the point where it was going out of the window on the outside and getting to Casey. Um, you do get those creepy vibes when they first try to go down the stairs and you see from the basement looking up and uh you see their silhouettes and then dad pops up behind them and yells at them even though they're like three feet in front of him um uh, the basement is very very brightly lit in green and uh it's it's just in it, it ties in it's going to tie in with creepiness but um uh, the Bulk of the episodes, both episodes, are not necessarily in the basement, but what is taking place in the basement is the main focal, like what, uh same with what Cortland had said. But I think we see more of it in uh, these two episodes, which you should, because you have more time to be able to flesh the story out. And uh you see more of the plants that are moving, and you can see them reaching for them. Whenever I first watched it as a kid, I didn't see that the plants were reaching out for these kids. Whenever they, I just saw it as you know, they were brushing past or fans were blowing it or something. Watching it now again, it's like, yeah, you can. I, I know what they're doing, I know what this episode is, and I can see that the plants are slowly trying to reach for them. And and you see the breathing and all this really awkward and comfort, uh, comfortable uh, atmosphere. Uh, I don't think that the basement in uh tale of the dark music is creepy outside of that one room whereas this entire room the entire basement because of this project that has overgrown its environment is probably more so but um, both i think have utilized the basement in pretty much the same capacity
2: yeah it's it's a good trap if anything else for uh victims
0: it's a venus flytrap
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to add i mean the
1: basement instead of the basement is kind of more uh the things that go on there can kind of traverse a little bit more than they can in um tell the dark music because tell the dark music the monster can only be in the basement you don't see him out of the basement but instead of the basement like the plants come up outside of the house to grab kc at one point uh the dad monster can go Anywhere he pleases, you know, so it's like the basement is everywhere, you
2: know. Yeah, it, it can exceed its bounds if it needs to versus like the cellar door demon is just confined to his own, you know, comfort zone.
0: Yeah, he yeah, needs exactly. he needs those sacrifices to come to me. Whereas if this continues to grow and stay out of the basement and you they perfected this experiment to where you can do more of these sentient things, it can quite easily take over.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, dad can go and uh, dig worms anywhere he wants. Yeah.
0: I'm
2: the wormy guy. Either that, or um, if you want to move the cellar door demon, maybe do a pentagram in someone else's root cellar or game room and see if they show up.
1: <laughs> you have to like uh, create this uh, noise, you know,
2: walkway. He has, okay. I flipped the radio. Okay. He's coming upstairs. You know, make sure there's music in every room he can be in. Make sure you blast some Van Halen so that he knows <laughs> where to show up, you know, play, play like, Eruption. running
0: with the devil <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: running with the devil and eruption and uh you know he's it's going to be a good time for him <laughs> Oof. i gotta say the music and dark music is so bad <laughs> i don't care i love it <laughs>
1: i do well i do too but
2: man is it awful <laughs> you got like some nice easy adult contemporary and you got some early 90s rock and uh Man, I don't, I don't know how the Solar Door Demon would react today if he heard like, some of today's pop hits or so, some other genre that he's not used to. Like would right. that, would the, Sacrifice would the, me instead. Someone. Yeah, right. kill me. Would the genre affect the way he manifests himself as a different form? That's something I've always wondered.
1: What would he turn into with Lo-Fi,
2: you know? Uh, a raccoon just doing his homework. <laughs> Is there anything you would change about each respective basement to enhance it for the story?
0: Not that I can think of, not from mine. I don't think so.
1: There's really not, I feel like, again, with Dark Music, there's really nothing that would really need to be expanded. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, like I said, with um, out of the Basement, the creatures from the basement can expand themselves, you know, they can go wherever they want.
2: righty. well, we're going to move on to our final category, which I'm sure many of you can relate to, is Creepiness. So, Cortland, tell us why the Tell the Dark music is creepy. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just the basement. You can incorporate other elements as well if you'd like.
1: Uh, I mean, the monster alone, just being able to shapeshift into other things is just so creepy to me. I love shapeshifting monsters, though, i got to say. And just the imag- imagination that you can spark from it is just so cool. Uh, the doll, though, you guys. The doll. <laughs> you see her? I'm just going to. You see that monstrosity right there? I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, Amy, let's go play. Yeah, the creepiness
2: level, so creepy. Yeah. So just the way she moves, it's like she's got this weird floatiness, like she's being puppeted by the dark music. Like m- maybe the cellar demon just has a hand behind her that allows her to move her mouth, like a ventriloquist dummy. I have no idea. I mean, I don't. We don't even need to talk about like
1: the carnival barker or, <laughs> or anything like this. And his fake green screen. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, I just, uh yeah, she says it all. I don't have to do anything because she's behind me Ugh. being creepy. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I don't I don't even want to see her in, like, my bedroom. I don't want to see her in my sister's bedroom. I don't want to see her at the beach. Like, any setting is it's a giant life-size creepy doll that wants you to go play with her. Nope. Nope. Get out of here. <laughs>
0: well, that's super disturbing.
1: I know when I talk to... I don't know. I don't remember if I talked to Ron Oliver about the doll specifically or if he did it in another interview. But I think they took inspiration from like at the French side of, you know, French Canada. And that's where this
2: monstrosity was
1: was uh, born. Yeah. uh, He
2: he actually mentioned in our 30th anniversary reunion that they they got uh, a lady at a hotel who worked at the front desk. Her name's Fofi Sata's. Um, to do the voice of her because they he and dj were like you you're perfect uh just happened to have that right austerity to her and uh she ended up doing this as her only role so something about that the high-pitched innocent voice with like the the porcelain hollowness of this doll really really worked for this scene
1: i love it i, I it's just so good it's so creepy
2: i don't have anything else to say <laughs> The a doll the doll Alex, tell us about the creepiness of your tale.
0: Well, the basement, the basement is not as creepy. It's the plants that are in the basement that are creepy. Um, I i was trying to think of what I would have found more creepy to walk through if I was a kid and I had to go through both basements. And I, and not because I'm saying it is my episode, but I think the basement and uh, stay out of the basement is probably creepier uh, because it's not limited to one door mm-hmm. and uh, also it there, there's there's a weakness you know I can have music uh, this one no everything is alive and everything is reaching for you and you don't know what they can do I mean there, there was even a hand at one point a plant hand and you saw faces people's faces inside the plants and one even reached out and grabbed hold of margaret's hand and like uh, we had said they grow grew out of the building and through the windows and uh, that is eerie Uh, i i would not want to even open the door i wouldn't even want to go near the door if i was uh, knowing how terrified i was of things as a kid and um that's just the basement. Dad is creepy. Uh, Dad has remained creepy. I mean, from the very get-go with him just yelling at them at the very beginning of the episode to stay out of the basement and then has this really unnerving authoritarian uh, authoritarian persona uh, attitude and like I said earlier, it, my word is the end all be all in this house. You will do what I say. That's terrifying uh, because we've I'm sure most people have dealt with or have seen someone like this and they are very intimidating. It's not something you want to come across. Uh, And also, again, those instances of when you've put in a situation you don't want to be in, but here you are and you're doing your best. And you're still getting in trouble for doing what you know you should be doing. That's not only frustrating, but it's also scary because what's going to happen next? And uh, then the eeriness of the fact that there there is a potential dead body in my house. And I, what am I going to do about that? Dad's killed somebody. There There's a lot of just unnerving stuff. And the, and the twist ending is unnerving. That's the one thing I remembered most. Um, the, the whole thing is creepy. Uh, it, it's just unrelenting creep factor from the very beginning. Mom leaves, and then it's just creepy, and it just ramps up the more and more and more you learn about it. But especially that basement, especially that anything in that pla- basement could catch you and mess with you, and that there's a p- dead body somewhere, and then you've got this dad who's not my dad, and how do I get out of this without him becoming wise, to the fact that I'm on to him and he's already on to me. Uh, it's ugh, ugh,
2: all around. Yeah, I agree. There's there's a lot to experience with the creepiness there, and it never really lets up even from the beginning. Um, Just just something that I I find interesting is if Andy and Margaret were to swap places, how would you feel they would react differently to the basement that they're put in? I think Andy would mail him run. You wouldn't try to fight it or come up with a plan? I don't think so.
1: I think that Margaret would figure it out quicker than Andy did. Mm-hmm. I think she would. I think she figured out the music thing a little bit quicker.
2: And how would she use it once she uh, realizes that the music triggers the door?
1: I don't think that she would uh, succumb to the darkness like Andy does. <laughs> I don't think she would. She <laughs> I don't think she would have...
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't think she would have um, like intentionally... Um, you know, brought doom upon another human being. I think she's too wholesome for that.
2: Yeah. That sounds like they were miscast and should have been in each other's tails. <laughs> cool. Well, um, we're going to, we're going to take a commercial break just to, um, stretch our arms and, uh, you know, have some plant food for a quick snack. But when we return, we will go over the final verdict and do our segments for the day.
1: We'll be they... right back.
2: It's
0: telekinetic. It's telepathic. It's television of a new dimension. Whatever this thing is, it's big. It's the Tomorrow People, the first sci-fi series from the First Kids Network. And next Saturday, it's the start of a totally new adventure. The Culex Experiment. A science project gone bad. A scientist gone mad. <laughs> and four kids doing everything in their power to stop them. The Tomorrow People, teleporting to your TV. Next Saturday at 6:5 Central, only on Nick. The weather is getting colder, the days are getting shorter, and the snow is coming down. This means that Brett and I are going to go back to Nick Jr. to talk about two classic Little Bear episodes with Kristen, the voice of Little Bear. You will only find this episode available on our Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash splatattack to gain access to this bonus episode and all of our previous episodes as well. Have a happy winter, and we hope to see you there.
1: And now, back to our show. Yay.
2: All right, we're back. We got plenty of plant food in our bellies, and uh, we listened to some easy listening tunes on our basement stereo. So let's uh, let's do a quick recap to see who's going to win this bad boy, shall we? So starting off with story. Um, you know, both of them have different approaches to, to putting character, you know, kid characters into a basement and having them have to deal with the circumstances that they're dealt with um, relating to the adults. I feel that Andy is pretty much, um, you know, he, he's a character that does grow, not necessarily in a good direction. I, as you mentioned, Cortland, he kind of turns to the dark side at the end mm-hmm. uh, because it's just his way of coping with all the bullying and the lack of support he get he's getting, it's uh, actually very reminiscent of, I think his name is Ricky from our Calling All Creeps. um, He is,
1: that's a good point, yeah.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that's, if you're in his situation, you would probably do the same thing because you have no one but yourself to rely on when you're dealing with uh, high stakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Likewise with Mark and Casey, I think they work pretty well as a pair of, you know, super sleuthing around uh, to see what dad's up to, although they didn't get too many answers out of him. It was just kind of duck and hide or, or uh, red light, green light where they try to get a little bit farther but then they're set back or frozen into place with the way he one-ups them and uh, keeps them at bay. So, it's it's a tough one for me. I like both of the stories for different reasons. Uh, I really like I really like how unnerving the Stay at the Basement story is throughout. Uh, it really keeps you on edge for Goosebumps tale. Dark music, it kind of just ramps up and goes all out near the end building to a climax with Coda succumbing to the cellar door demon and uh, you know Andy harnessing the power of the door I think I'm gonna give it a draw because I just I just like them both too much on equal level to really split hairs uh, so the score is one to one for each side moving on to main characters we have Margaret and Casey uh, mainly. On stay out of the basement which you know as I mentioned previously they they work fairly well together sometimes they get a little bit of banter um, they they're they're not kids who would easily shy away from a challenge which I appreciate like even if they have to go back to their rooms or talk about things before they go into the basement it's it's never like ah I can't deal with this I'm out of here and they just run out and the story's over after 10 minutes Uh, I I like how they're trying to figure things out even if they're constantly set back and it it makes me root for them in, in their scenario as for Andy you know he doesn't have much to go off of except his own wits and uh, it, it's really trial and error for him because the first few times he doesn't get it, he's like in a trance when he... Well, first he's scared when he meets the celador Demon for the first time and then he's like lured in the next couple of times like, like a weird trance or some sort of mysterious force uh, suspending his disbelief. But like by the time he gets the hang of it, uh, all, all he can think about is really just channeling all that hurt and that pain that he's dealt with through the through the bullying, through being ignored, through being teased and taunted, and just uh, I guess succumbing to his his weaknesses as a result. I don't think he's better off as a character at the end, uh, but I understand why he did the things he did, and I do <laughs> I do see a lot of comparisons of him between. Between like uh, Anakin Skywalker when he turned to the dark side around like Episode Three of Star Wars, so I think for I think for likability I got to give it to Stay Out of the Basement uh, just because I think they, they were more common collected with how they handled this situation and didn't let their emotions get the best of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to villain, we have Doctor Brewer from Stay Out of the Basement, who is a very threatening dad. I wouldn't want to cross his path because I have met dads in the past um, who, like, you just didn't want to go near because you can feel the anger radiating from them even when they're just neutral. Uh, he, He's a character that I think people can identify with in the sense that if you become consumed by your work, you start to turn into a different person. Like, when it goes from, you know, I'm being productive to I'm being obsessed and I I'm sacrificing everything else in my life to get to that point then you wonder where his morals lie when he's when he has his blinders on even at the expense of you know yelling at his kids which is is it's trauma-inducing and uh, I I recommend that there are better ways to, to handle parenting than to just shout at them and refuse to answer their questions. So I, I really dislike him as a character, but that works in his favor as being a villain, because no dad should ever want to be like Dr. Brew or whatever their profession is. Yep. Um, as for dark, the Tale of the Dark Music, uh, we have Coda and the Solidor Demon kind of tag teaming things here. And you know you got you got Koda just being like the what's the word provocateur, someone who provokes somebody. Uh, he's he's really good at like pushing Andy to his to the brink of his sanity. Um, and you have the door who's just trying to pull every trick out of its bag in order to get what it wants, which is to feed on humans for whatever reason, whether it's just hungry or gains its power from devouring souls, we don't know for sure. Uh, but I like the mysteriousness of The Cellar Door a lot. It really leaves a lot to the imagination. Obviously, we've only seen a, a small helping of what it can become, and it could also turn into many other things, I'm sure, if we gave it a, a sequel or a prequel, uh, depending on what its true motives were, or even if there's a world beyond the door that uh, you know The Cellar Door Demon's just a gatekeeper for in that dark void. And I, I like the mysterious aspect of that a lot. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily as aggressive as Dr. Brewer. Like, Dr. Brewer actually frightens me because of that element of realism and mm-hmm. how he relates to, like, just hate-filled people. Uh, but I like the I like the fantasy aspect of the cellar door, and it would scare me if it happened to be in a dark, unfinished part of a basement at a friend's house. Uh, that i would visit so i'm actually going to give this one a tie as well so i believe it's uh stayed out basement three dark music two Mm -hmm. uh moving on to the basement theme both of them both of them have like a very different take on it you got the the typical 90s basement that's unfinished Full of junk. We've seen other iterations of this basement, even different artifacts with Dark Tales like the Tale of the Night and the Neighbors, for example or uh I'm trying to think of another basement. There's plenty of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a, of this is a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think basements naturally lend themselves to being eerie and unsettling but it's, it's a place that is uh, a breeding ground for for fear-inducing type lore of that sort, so I, I like the realism of dark music because it just feels like anyone's basement. Because uh, somehow, somehow having that relatability and the down-to-earth feeling makes it makes what happens with the the creature all the more terrifying. Like it's a stark contrast between these manifestations of it and just this background versus like dr brewer blends in more with his his plant jungle that's happening down down there because he he is becoming part of it due to his obsession he's part plant whether it's the real one or not um so it it really just comes down to what atmosphere that uh you know you prefer when experiencing each of these stories if you want something more down to earth go with dark music if you want something a little more extravagant and I guess science y or nature based to stay out of the basement. Um, so I'm going to give this one a tie as well. And I hope I don't end this in a tie because we've had like one or two ties already in verses. So I got to find a, I got to get a little more uh, nitpicky about this last one. So for the final category of creepiness, um, I, I define creepy as something that could cause your like. <laughs> I see what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> for those who are listening. Cortland was pointing to the doll. <laughs> so the reason why I named this category creepy instead of scary is because I feel creepy is more about an atmosphere and lingering feelings than it is about something that kind of hits you in the moment. Um, like scariness often does with its jump scares. And I think both of these do them fairly well. Um, just different styles so with dark music you have you know climactic swells of of drama and eeriness through uh the persona of the cellar door demon and it doesn't really extend out from the basement itself like when we're outside you don't feel anything's creepy you don't feel anything creepy with the mom i guess there's a hint of it when andy's drawing the door uh, in the living room at night while she's putting on those weird blind Shade things. Oh, I hate those. <laughs> I have a pair myself, but um, it, it's it's very self-contained, and I I wish there was a little bit more going on with the creepiness there. Uh, I do appreciate the doll. I appreciate the the carnival barker who turns into a skeleton because that was one of the very first memories of Ariyafred Dark I've ever had burned into my memory. Was uh, that skeleton going? Oh yeah, <laughs> like he's the Kool Aid Man or something. <laughs> um but then you also have the creepiness of the the basement and stay out of the basement and i feel i would easily get lost in there in a heartbeat like it's just a labyrinth of vines and ivy and and plant-like appendages that are all coming out of a different end it's it's basically like an overgrown bush gardens where anything could attack you if you get too close to it and as much as i i feel threatened by the cellar door demon um with its, its like different manifestations of itself, it, it, it just doesn't quite have the same punch for me as Stay Out of the Basement, because the, the plants being just like this omnipresent threat that could really do anything at a moment's notice combined with like the aggressiveness of the dad, that adds a lot to the creepiness and the, the lingering feelings of even after watching it, um, especially with that weird, the end question mark happening where uh, you got the flowers talking to Margaret and, you know, we thought everything was wrapped up in a bow after the plants were set to the university and dad's like, I'm not gonna do this again. But because um, b- because of that little twist, it, it just leaves more room for interpretation and maybe potentially uh, taking taking it a step further to see what Margaret does to handle those, those talking flowers uh, to her. So I gotta give it to stay out of the basement. And I think that means that our winner is stay out of the basement for this versus.
0: Well done. Well done, Cortland. Well done. Well done. Well done.
1: Yeah, you know what though,
2: I would still rather watch uh, Tale yep. of the Dark Music. <laughs> I would too. I would too. <laughs> Believe me, it's it's one of my favorite. Are you afraid of the dark episodes? If not my favorite, but uh, I I had a hard time um, arguing against that of the Basement just because of how many things that really off put me about it in, in in like the context of these categories. Mm-hmm. There is one thing that i mentioned in the past a couple of times when we do verses, we don't actually rate our verses, Mm -hmm. uh, because they're distinctly different from our episode battles. So the reason why I designed this format this way for our podcast is because if we want to go more in depth with this, so say for example down the road I actually want to do an episode review of the Tale of the Dark Music. We can go more into it, and the the battle, the versus battle, doesn't affect the outcome of our rating of it. Because if this was if this was an actual episode review of Tale of the Dark Music, I'd give it triple S easily because <laughs> I just love yeah. it that much. Stay Out of the Basement. I give more like a B because I hate the dad so much. So it's like <laughs> different structures so allow true. it to yeah. get the head here and there so but it's making it, it's it's making a more
0: objective comparison yeah uh, based on these criteria which one is the better episode
1: i will say too, i mean you guys brought up a lot of really fantastic points and things that i really kind of
2: overlooked too uh it was fun though i liked it i'm glad you participate with us well, uh, let's not jump the gun too quick. I know we want to get out of these creepy-ass basements, but uh, we still have a few segments to go through. So bear, bear with me, and uh, if a plant tries to snag you into the cellar door demon's door, just uh, use Ricky Winter's Uzi from the tale of the Bookie's <laughs> Baby How
1: about this? They ran down to the basement where he kept his Uzi. Yeah, his Uzi! Just in case of attacks by knights, ghosts and other nasty things. All right,
2: <laughs> there's another episode. They went in the basement in that one. Yeah, briefly. That was a creepy basement too, full of junk. <laughs> um, so we're going to do our versus exclusive segment, Rename Game. Okay, so for Rename Game, it, the rules are pretty simple uh what what do you feel is a better fitting title for each of our respective episodes i know some of them are pretty well titled already some of them not so much it really depends on the episode that we review in these verses but uh in this case Cortland, what would you rename the tale of the dark music that's a tough one i really like the, the
1: name the tale of the dark music i think it really encapsulates everything that goes on in the episode especially as it compares to the demon um I don't know <laughs> that's a tough one you know I, I i know that we do these in like our episodes for our podcast i have no idea what i told or what i said during that one because it was years ago when we did it but yeah um i don't know do you want funny or do you want like serious ones whichever either one whatever you want the tale of the endless
2: laundry <laughs> <laughs> The tale of too many tarps. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Um, I I went with a more literary sounding tale. So, you know, if I was in Eric's shoes telling this tale at the Midnight Society campfire, I would rename it The Tale of the Cellar Door Dweller. Mm -hmm. I like that. I really liked focusing on that door and... Uh, I've once heard, at least on the Donnie Darko movie, that a uh, cellar door is like one of the most pleasing sounding phrases in uh, all of English literature. So I really want to play with the, the words there to make it sound mysterious. Mm-hmm. And for Stay Out of the Basement, Alex, what would you rename Stay Out of the Basement to uh, be a better fit?
0: The Root of All Evil. Ooh, That's a good
2: one. I like it. Or, or the root Seller of all evil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that both of those are pretty good. Um, so, I'm gonna rename "Stay Out of the Basement," trapped in chlorophyll's basement jungle, because I, I definitely felt like it was some sort of crazy jungle when I was watching it as a kid and as an adult. That I feel like I would find no way out of, if even with a compass and a flashlight. So. Uh, I feel it's fitting and it could also be like the name of a band if you want to get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Chlor-
0: chlorophyll. and it's nothing but it, but it's nothing but a YouTube band that plays like those eight hour loops that you play to go to sleep. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, for those who don't know, I wrote chlorophyll as in like chloral hyphen fill, as in like the name fill. Um, little little war play there again. It's funny you mention that because when I was a kid and listening to like '90s grunge uh, in my grandma's car one day, she she showed one of these local bands to me and she's like, "Ooh, I, I know you like my uncle Phil's music and you like Nirvana. How do you feel about this band that's like near us?" It, and their band's name was Pete Moss and the Fertilizers. Llama. <laughs> yeah, I want to see them play. Get get all down and dirty <laughs> with the plant dudes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll recap once again for our audience, what our titles are. So for Tale of Dark Music,
1: Tale of the Endless Laundry,
2: and the Tale of the soul, Cellar Door Dweller. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> and for Stay Out of the Basement, we have The Root of All Evil, and Trapped in Chlorophyll's Basement Jungle. We'll have all you slimesters vote for your favorite title on Instagram, and we will share the poll in our next verses or next episode, really whenever we think of it. Wow, that Rename game was a lot of fun. (laughs) I didn't expect all those uh, answers to come up, but I like the sound of all of them. Uh, So before we're going to close out today, we actually have another couple of uh, Mona's mailbag letters to read. I found an extra bag down here in the basement, so let's see what a TV Gamer and Nostalgic Millennial Podcast have to say about Splat Attack. Helpful! These are for you! So this first letter comes from TV Gamer, and it's titled, Guts 30th Anniversary. Hey guys, to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Guts on September 19th, I watched your Guts podcast on YouTube and watched a marathon of Guts on Paramount Plus that day. I really enjoyed the episode, especially when you interviewed Kristen. If I was a contestant on Guts, I would want my color to be purple and my nickname to be Game Guy. I like to play video games and watch game shows, and I'm a guy as well. Also, because I got game. To me, Guts equals having courage and playing. My favorite Guts events are the pool events. I do enjoy watching contest- contestants splash in water. My favorite non pool events are Slam Dunk and Zero G as well. I like basketball and it'd be more fun while bungee jumping. It would be very cool to feel like you are floating on air. I have two items from the Guts merchandise. I took a photo of me wearing my Guts t-shirt and holding my Guts drawstring bag while standing in front of my basketball hoop. Please see attached photos. TV Gamer. Wow, TV Gamer, that looks really great. I'm glad that you're uh, supportive of our podcast and also have some cool Guts merchandise to share. Because I know they came out with quite a few bit of interesting... Uh, items over the years so thank you very much for writing to us and we apologize that we got to this letter late because i know you had sent it to us a few weeks earlier this next uh letter comes from nostalgic menu podcast and it is actually our latest review on apple podcasts i figure we show these to you because we really do enjoy hearing from anyone no matter where it comes from Uh, whether you write to us via email send us a review or comment on youtube that's you know something really poignant So here's what Nostalgic Millennial Podcast has to say about us. The title is Required Supplement for a 90s Nick Fan. In the Spy Attack podcast, Brett and Alex pay homage to the Nickelodeon source material while enhancing a fan's experience of the same. They do this through legendary interviews of game show contestants, actors, and superfans. They also offer commentary and other various fun segments. All of their material is additionally presented in professionally edited video which enhances the audio experience with great visuals. You'll notice their abundant passion for the spirit of Nickelodeon with just a single listen. Nickelodeon lore is in good hands here. Matt and Paul of the nostalgic millennial podcast. Thank you so much guys. We really appreciate you taking the time to write that review for us. And if anyone else is listening and just haven't had the chance to, you know, head on over to the apple podcast only takes a couple minutes, write something nice about us. If you really enjoy our podcast or, if you think we have some problems that really need addressing or fixing, write us a, a review about that as well. It doesn't really matter whether we get five or one stars. What's more important is that we're connecting with our audience and we're making the necessary changes to make our podcast more encompassing and more engaging with you guys. And that concludes our Mona's Mailbag segment. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. We love you. Uh, here's our closing question, Slimester, so we can gather this musty basement and. Uh, and uh clean up after the massacre that was our verses. so uh slimesters let us know what do you imagine a proper sequel or prequel to either of these stories to look like if you have some interesting ideas feel free to let us know via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com or dms on instagram at splatattackpodcast or even let us know in the comments section of this episode on youtube which is splatattackpodcast for our channel uh we did touch upon some ideas with uh what we talked about during our verses so if you even want to play with those and take it further go for it we love seeing our audience interact with us so and if it interests you let us know and we'll share it in a future mona's mailbag episode tune in next time slimesters as we get wrapped up in cocoons and meddle with an evil scientist in our mini-series review of the tomorrow people the kulex experiments It'll be an exciting conclusion to season three of our podcast because we'll be covering another five-part miniseries, just like our first miniseries arc of The Tomorrow People, The Origin Story, which was episode 23 way back in season two of our podcast. You won't want to miss this because it's a very exciting story, and we may or may not have a guest for that, so keep your eyes peeled. Uh, without further ado, Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? After seeing Andy interact with it, I must head deeper into the mysterious cellar door to see where it leads.
0: Aye, co-captain. Stay away from skeleton carnies and life-sized dolls while you're in there.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Pray I make it out on the other side, Alex. Are you coming (laughs) with me?
0: No way, Jose. Uh, I'd rather water my dad-sized houseplant instead. Well, suit yourself. Splat
2: you later, slimesters.
1: Let us know if you find Coda while you're in there. I'm gonna play video games with Christina upstairs.
2: <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Bye. No, Brits, come on in. Back out! Back out! <laughs> yep, get out of here.
1: We freeze the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks. It's time to say goodbye.
2: Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the hidden temple. What do we do till then? Chill
0: for a couple. We'll be back. You're on there. And it was time for the
1: superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society
2: closed. Oh, bye bye. <laughs> You in the basement.
1: When well, he heard some noises. Like someone was crying. Dad? It's Dad! That's not Dad! No, stop!
0: Pepsi, let go of me! What's wrong with you? It's Dad! It can't be Dad! All right, stop.